Those with a drive to go have an undeniable calling. They are not content to simply have a transformative idea. They want to create and build. They want to wrestle challenges to the ground and bring solutions to scale. They are makers and doers. They are go-getters. Go-Getters features straight-up conversations with leaders on the forefront of change who are taking action to impact our world, just as Lehigh people have done for more than 150 years. Join us as we explore their challenges, their passions, and what makes them go. Welcome to Go-Getters. I'm your host, Joe Buck. Mark Wilson, my guest today, is the executive director of the Zollner Arts Center at Lehigh University. During his career, he has been an opera singer, music professor, and an arts administrator. Mark came to Lehigh in 2020, a challenging year for the performing arts. He's currently leading Zollner through its milestone 25th season. Mark, welcome. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I know that there's a lot happening at Zollner. I know you've had a tremendous impact uh, since your arrival in, in 2020. But I, I, I'd like to start out um, in an earlier aspect of your, of your career. I've come to understand you were an opera singer. Uh, at one point, maybe you still are, but yeah, maybe maybe you're always an opera singer, um, if if you were once. I don't meet opera singers every day, and and I'm wondering if you found opera or opera found you. Yes, I uh, I guess it's a combination. I sang as a child, uh, but opera found me when I went to um, a summer camp at a college, and. From there, they started recruiting me since my freshman year in high school, to, and, and that's part of uh, how I made that transition from musical theater into opera. Was there a particular um, moment or exposure that you had to opera where where you just said, yep, that, that that's it? Well, my mother always said that she played classical music for me when I was in her womb, so I've always heard classical music for a long time. And I guess the, the the story for me would be when I was at the Des Moines Metro Opera for the summer camp at Simpson College, I saw La Boheme. And I think uh, if anyone has ever seen La Boheme, that's probably like the, one of the best first operas for someone to see and, and to be able to hear those beautiful voices and said, wow, that's kind of cool. I want to like be like those guys on that stage. And I uh, also, through, uh, through the magic of research, know that... Um at uh, Simpson College in Iowa, you you were recruited to p- sing the part of Jim in uh, in Big River. One of the things that I was you know tell people about uh, life is sometimes you think you're smarter than um, what you are. Uh, a lot of times you have people who uh, give you suggestions and you don't want to listen to them. And so I, I, what I learned in my career is that sometimes you really got to open your ears up and listen to folks. And when I was uh, a junior in college. I was uh, performing in this opera, and um, my teacher was telling me that this uh, this local playhouse in Des Moines was going to be doing this uh, musical um, Big River. It's the story of Huckleberry Finn. And I was like, I don't want to do that at all. And um, when I was performing this opera, this opera was uh, a flater mouse. There was a part I played, Frank, and um, in, in the role, there's a person who plays a, a uh, a speaking role. And he and I had a great time. And he, and at the end of one of the rehearsals, he said to me, you know, Mark, besides being on the board of the Simpson College, I'm also on the board of the Playhouse. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. I was like, are you trying to recruit me to go do this musical? 
Yes. So I ended up <laughs> yes. So I ended up going to audition for this musical. It was great. It was actually something that changed my life perspective. A lot of things. Um, the musical was, was originally scheduled to run three weeks. It was so popular. It ran four weeks. And then one of the things that was really exciting for us is that we were at this um, place in Des Moines called the Civic Center. And they had the 500 fastest growing companies in America called Inc. 500. Mm -hmm. And so they asked all the arts organizations in Des Moines to actually perform something for the group. And it was like a packed house of people that were there, executives from all over the place. And they were, you come, do your little thing. And they had nice little claps. And like, it was so nice. And you get the chance to leave. So then when our group came in, we did our little thing, and we ended with my big number, free at last. And then the audience just started yelling and screaming and clapping their hands all loud. I was like, yeah, that's right. And then I, I was walking out. And then as I was leaving, um, I heard this woman said, excuse me, sir, sir, the maestro wants to talk to you. I'm like, the maestro? What are you talking about, the maestro? I'm like, you mean Paul? I saw Paul. He's like, no, the maestro. I'm like, okay. So I started following her. Yeah. And we're walking around through the Civic Center, and all of a sudden, I walk into this rehearsal room, open the doors, and there is the Des Moines uh, Symphony performing, we're rehearsing. I'm like, oh. And she walks up and taps him on the shoulder, and he turns around and says, hi, my name is Maestro Junta. Of the, I'm the maestro of the Des Moines Symphony. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. And then he says to me, do people always scream and holler when you sing? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> so I was so excited. And from there, he, he, he offered me a, a, a solo job with the Des Moines Symphony. Oh, wow. And so I was able to sing at their Popcorn Pops. I sang in front of 25,000 people outdoors. And if I would have never said yes to that one opportunity to sing in that musical, I would have never had the opportunity to sing with the Des Moines Symphony as a, as a, as a soloist. I would have never gotten all these other roles. And so what I learned to say is yes to a lot of things where I thought, it should be a no. Yeah. Well, we're going to explore some of those other roles, but but first, I want to take a, a step back before uh, Simpson College. Now, I, I know you got a Bachelor of Music from Simpson College in Iowa. Did you go there to study music, or was this event um, transformative for your college studies as well? And, and and tell me a little bit about your your childhood and how you found your way to to Simpson. Yeah. So I uh, grew up in a small town in Iowa. So I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in, in this small little town. And it was a town of about 600 people. Mm. Um, when we always said we have more cows than people in my town. Um, and then I ended up going to high school at this town that's like five miles away. So it was like a, basically like a, a regional high school, but it's these bunch of small little towns together. And Carlisle is where I graduated. And I was the first uh, black person to graduate from my high school back in 1989. So when I went to uh, Simpson College... One of the things that I did for my education was actually uh, music education. Okay. So I'm a pragmatist, I guess. Uh, I think a lot of people in Iowa are very pragmatic people. Mm -hmm. um, and I love singing, but I also wanted to make sure that I had work. And so I went to college to sing, but also got my degree in education. I love uh, mentoring people. I love being around, you know, helping people. So education was a, was a great opportunity for me to do more of that, too. Uh, you mentioned a moment ago that you've you said yes uh, uh, to play Jim in Big River, and and you've been saying yes ever since. And I'm I'm going to uh, presume that there's another story of you saying yes as to how you went from a performer to running a performing arts center. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's the whole idea. I think about uh, career changes too is really keeping your. Um, options open and really th and, and think about the things and learn 
from all the experiences you have that you can be successful. I think the, the hard thing for folks is when you stay in one lane and you don't take chances or risk, that's when it's harder to make those moves. And I think that's what I learned at that young age, even from pre-college, but a lot in college really, really helped me out. That saying yes to Jim, a lot of things I did it, and, and my experience in college really opened those doors. And when I was at uh, Ocean County College prior to coming here, I was hired to be a, um, a, a professor of music. Mm-hmm. I was the program director for the, for the music department. So it was a brand new department they were, they were creating at Ocean County College. I was hired to create the coursework. So my first semester, I wrote six different classes. I was supposed to put together a program for what I would like to recruit students. So I was doing all that work. Um, and in the middle of that, they, they got this largest endowment at the time from a private family foundation for any community college was $5.75 million. And um, the vice president of academic affairs wanted someone to, with some business sense, to help with that, uh, that endowment. So it's going to be a large amount of money that a community college ever got. And so she asked me to assist them. And with the money, the, the people that were going to be running this uh, the theater. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Great, I, I'm, I can still teach." She's like, "Yeah." So I so I did my teaching. I was assisting on this area here, um, and then about I would say nine months a year into what I was doing that combination, and she said, "You're a great teacher, but you're an administrator. You don't you, you just you think so big, and I want you to think about moving into this role more full time." Yeah, and so. It's always hard. It's like one of those hard things to do when you when you are because you're comfortable, right? I was like, I'm doing great at this. I'm comfortable. Why do I why do I want to move? Yeah, but it, along the way, different people have seen some talent, some seen have seen things in you, and kind of tapped you on the shoulder. And and to your point, you have to be ready to say yes. I think that's good advice for our Lehigh students. Be open to ideas, and it sounds like you had some really important mentors along the way. I had this great boss. She and I are still friends. I mean, we call her my boss, I mean, because we've like been friends since uh, 2002 now. But she she was the uh, security director at Macy's when I was assistant security manager there. Mm-hmm. And she was the one that really, from a business standpoint, so being in business uh, prior, so between opera and, and education, I was in business. And she was the one that really helped me understand just some business sense of things to do, too. And part of what she brought me to that point was this. If someone offers you something or if someone sees something into you, like my vice president of academic affairs, she saw this potential in me. And if I said no, my old boss said to me, if someone comes to you once and then if, and if they come back to that table once and, and you say no, then that's probably it. Because if you can't see what they see, then why would they come back again? Right, right. Do you find time currently to to be a mentor? Are you, are you able to be intentional about that? Um, and how important is it for you at this point in your career to have influence on people who are coming up behind you? Yeah, I think mentoring to me is just really important. It's um, I would say it's actually it's inside my bones. It's part of what I do. I can't get away from wanting to um, share. My team now will tell you that I just tell corny stories because I'm from Iowa. And that's how I corny. <laughs> Thank you. And that's how I just I share the things that I have. I think it's, it's through storytelling you can understand things more. So mentoring and being able to just gather information and not hoard the things that you learn and give it to other folks to me is very important. 
Um, as a person of color, I did not see people uh, as an executive director and anything in the arts. And so I am intentional to find folks who are coming up to share anything that I can do to help. I try to make those pathways and connections across the United States with people to make sure that they understand the possibilities also. And then also internally, like I said, with my team, that's the thing I think is important too, is also be able to grow um, the folks that you're working with too and share that too, because that helps make the team just stronger. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about your your journey to Lehigh? And secondly, what, what are the opportunities you see for, for the Zoner Arts Center? Yeah, I mean, uh, so coming to Lehigh in the middle of the pandemic, so part of um, the journey here, um, I was at Ocean County for seven years. And when I was there, I was running the Grunin uh, Performing Arts Center, the Nobens Planetarium. I was the liaison for the Grunin Performing Arts High School, Performing Arts Academy. I was in charge of the Blah Belt Lecture Series. I was also in charge of uh, connecting four-year universities with our two-year school for programming. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a lot of stuff, and I was actually uh, enjoying it. And part of it was because when I would do something really well, and at the community college, what you learn is that you were multiple haps. And so when I was doing one thing well, they said, hey, you're doing great here. Here's more. Here's Try this, yeah. too. And so I was always starting to think, okay, what would it be like to actually just focus on just the arts, mm -hmm. focus on that, that kind of a challenge? Um I can do the other things. Like I was in a business, I can do things really well. I can just find solutions, do things really well. But I have a passion for the arts. And so I always thought if I ever was going to make a move, it would be for a, a place where I can focus on the thing that I actually have a passion for and I can do well. Put those things, marry those things together. And also wanted to make sure I moved to a community that I felt comfortable with. And so Lehigh was a place where I, I knew ahead of time, I just knew the area a little bit. My son was at Muhlenberg College playing lacrosse. Mm -hmm. We came here all the time uh, when he was in high school to, to the uh, Goodman Fields for lacrosse tournaments with him. Uh, my wife and I, we, uh, we used to go up to Jim Thorpe to, and hang out and go to some bed and breakfast up there. Sure. We would go whitewater rafting. So we just knew the area. Mm -hmm. I, I love the area. And then getting a chance to know folks during the interview process was really great. And so that's when it, it, it said to me, is like, yeah, here's the place where I can actually um, work and live. And I, what I tell everyone since I've been here is like what I love is also about, so unique about this area is that it's an urban, suburban, rural area. Mm -hmm. And it brings those um, unique uh, folks together. Yeah, you have all those things within 15, 20 minutes from rural to suburban to urban. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. So how about the, the, the Zona Arts Center itself? What... what um... What are the opportunities that, that, you, uh, that you see moving forward? We're going to talk in a minute about the 25th anniversary, but broadly defined, you came here, you've, you've now been here since 2020, you've um, looked under all of the carpets and, and you have a sense of all of the details. And, and I'm interested now, um, I dare say post-pandemic, but we're back to a, a, a maybe it's, it's not over, but we're back to a sense of, of what feels more like normalcy. What, um, what's the future opportunities for the, art, for the Zona Art Center? You know, when I, when I was thinking about this, um, when I came here, you know, just what, what are those opportunities for um, Zoner moving forward? And I was looking at folks saying, you know, what have we done the last 25 years and how can we look ahead to the next 25? And when it comes to a lot of our core folks that have been um, with us, the folks who have 
been long-term subscribers. A lot of the corporations who have been sponsors and donors, I think that's the thing that's like really great for us. And that's really helped us make that move in the last 25 years. And one of the areas I think that we can actually do more is actually the, the connection with uh, uh, folks in the South Side and, and also the communities that have not had the uh, opportunity to connect with the arts. There are a lot of communities that arts is just out of reach because of the costs, because mm-hmm. of, and those are barriers. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one of the areas that we can actually enhance the pie of people participating in the arts itself. Are there some specific things that, that you've been able to do, or do you see those opportunities to to lower or eliminate some of those barriers? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we've been doing is that we've been going out into the community where we're trying to take the arts outside of the building. Sometimes the building can be a barrier for folks because if you don't feel comfortable understanding what's on the other side of that door, you don't want to walk through that door. I just ask people, have you ever walked through a neighborhood or something and you see something and you go, hmm, that looks interesting, but you don't know what's on the other side of that door. That's a barrier. So, so for some folks here in the, in the community in the south side, they might want to participate, but they don't know what's on the other side of the door. How do I dress? Um, I might be welcome. Are there going to be people who speak like me, look like me? So I think that's the opportunities that we have to do that. So going out into the community is one of the things that we can actually do, bringing more outdoor stuff inside our courtyard so people can see the, the space itself, um, bringing arts across our campus. I think it will also help us connect even more with the Lehigh students. So those are some of the things that we're trying to do is actually get outside of our comfort zone so then people can then be more comfortable inside our comfort zone too. So is it fair to say that you see the arts center or the arts broadly defined as playing a role beyond the campus, right? You you really have taken uh, uh, the the mission of the Zona Arts Center. Um, a critical piece of that mission is to further engage with the Southside community and the, and the Lehigh Valley community. Is that one of the questions I ask folks is that are we just a local center or are we actually like a regional center? Mm-hmm. And so I think we can actually act locally, do good locally, but also think regionally too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lehigh is a nationally ranked university. Why should not Zoner also reach out into the, the rest of the uh, Lehigh Valley and connect us all together? And that's the thing I think is so important is that we can do that. And that's where I also see that opportunity is for us to make that engagement because then that's the place where I said earlier that you have the urban, suburban, rural areas. Why not bring all those three pieces together and not just focus on one area or the other? So going out into those places, so like one of the things we want to do is like bring um, our the artists that we have touring some of the educational programs, go out to our rural district. If busing and transportation is an issue, let's bring those folks out there, let them engage with that. Let's not stop with the, um, the, the say, the digital things, but actually use digital as a, another connector for those rural districts that cannot get to where we are. Mm-hmm. Find ways to connect that suburban district and the urban district through the arts coming here together. So those are things that we can start to do now. We can actually focus on the schools and the kids first because they're always so open to a lot of programming, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the areas I think is so important for us to do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, uh, you know, your passion and, and your vision for, for uh, uh, an opportunity for the, for the Arts Center. I, I, I really appreciate that. It is the 25th anniversary season for the Zona Arts Center. I know you've had a chance to meet and get to know um, some of those who helped launch the center, you know, including Ron Ulrich, Vicki Zoner herself, uh, the Baker, and the, and the Diamond families. What... Um, um, looking backwards, I guess, what are your reflections on the history and the legacy of the Zoner Arts Center? 
you know, the one thing I tell the staff is like, isn't it great that you have folks who cared so much 25 years ago to put their money down to really do this? Um, isn't it great that you were able to have folks come and look at the arts and, and put it at a place where they said, we want to have, have it be elevated? And that's one of the things that I know is I had a chance to talk to um, the folks, the Baker family and Ron and Vicky and also Peter and Clara. Is that I was telling them how grateful we are for that commitment that, that they have done and, and, and taking their gift and continuing it also. That, I think that's the part that's important is that it, it, we have to think long term to be able to make sure that we secure the future is, is also very important. Because a lot of times it's like you're so much focused on the day to day that it's hard to think about the future. And so then I said, let's think back 25 years ago, they probably could not imagine where we are now and now they look and go, wow, we've done all these things. We had all these wonderful artists who have been here. And the fact that we've had the New York Philharmonic here three times, I don't know if folks would imagine back in the first year that they're going to say, wow, the New York Philharmonic will be here a couple more times. Those are things that are just um, unimaginable. But the, the, the legacy of these folks, I think, is so important. You know, when I had a chance to even uh, talk with Vicky about her time coming here, and she said how excited her Bob were when they opened the doors, and she looked and said, oh, my goodness, everything that I saw on the drawings, everything I heard, it came to life. And she said it was just so magical. And as she was telling me, I could just see the, the, the gleam in her eyes. And as I was talking to Ron, and he was talking about how he was able to just uh, announce the New York Philharmonic on the stage for the first time, how excited he was to be able to do this for his alma mater, bringing something, his passion for the New York Phil, the passion for his, his school. And seeing that, it's like, and it's great just to listen to them tell those stories because it really just brings you to that moment. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've really embraced the um, balance of being the caretaker of, of what folks before you have done, but not being complacent, right? If I balance what you said a moment ago about the vision and opportunity for, for the Art Center, and then your, your understanding and appreciation for the folks who have come before us to make it, to make it possible, I, that's, uh, that's um, dynamic leadership. I know you're just finishing the first half of the season, and I know that there's a gala planned, a gala evening planned in April. What, uh, what can we look forward to? One, uh, we have this new partnership with the uh, Lehigh Valley Health Network, and we're so excited to have the family series with them. And so we have some wonderful family programming, more of that in the springtime. And so I think that's the thing that's been ex so exciting for me to help bring here is a pipeline for the future. It's to actually have young families with their kids coming to the center, seeing this as a place for them. And the idea is that if you have kids coming here for many years, a lot of folks stay and live in the area where they grow up. Yep. Then in the future, they're going to say, I remember going there as a kid. I want to continue to come back here. That's the pipeline. That's the future. I might not see it, but that's what we got to do. So I'm excited about just the, that family series itself. But artistically, I look forward to seeing Wu Fei do her piece called Hello Gold Mountain. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a piece uh, about the um, Jewish refugees who left Europe, went to Shanghai, and then from Shanghai to California. She was able to read the stories and the postcards and see pictures of the refugees. And what I love is the fact that she's doing this piece along with our Lehigh uh, University Philharmonic. They're going to be playing with her, uh, accompanying her on this piece, the whole orchestra. And then we have, for the last movement of this work, the Lehigh University uh, Choir will be in the balcony singing. 
So it really connects our music department with this guest artist that we bring in for our presenting series. So it makes me so excited to be able to find those ways to connect our students to to the arts with a with a with a uh, professional artist. And will that be part of the gala or is that a separate event? That's a separate event that we have happening later in in the spring. So people can look on that for in February. And we'll put uh we'll certainly put a link to the art center in our inside the uh, episode page. But about, and the and the gala yeah, is on uh, April fifteenth. And it's I would say that the gala is almost like a gala week. Uh, for so for those who are listening, you gotta go check out the fact that on April thirteenth, we're gonna have this group Bandaloop. It's a vertical dance company. They're based out of Oakland. So if y'all ever seen people who have been repelling off the sides of the mountains, this is what actually helped connect this group to what they wanted to do. They actually are dancing on the side of the library on April thirteenth, and then on April fifteenth, this part of the gallery, gonna be dancing on the side of Zona Art Center. And so it's a beautiful work they're doing called Loom. And what I love about this piece, it's actually about the silk history. And when I look at the Lehigh Valley that we actually have besides steel mills, we had silk uh, mills and that we're connecting that uh, history together. We're working with the National Museum of, of Industrial History. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be bringing a portable loom and talking about the history of Lehigh's um, silk history. And then his work itself is about a 30 to 40 minute piece outdoors. They're going to be showing this itself. And so that's what I, I love for people to be able to see this because the sea dance on the stage is wonderful. And the sea dance, when you flip the um, floor 90 degrees on the side of a building, be so fascinating. And then later on, and I said in that week on April 15th, we have the Philadelphia Orchestra who will be here. One of the top orchestras, not just in, in the country, but in the world. And we have Brian Stokes Mitchell, this wonderful Broadway singer who'll be performing with them. And then the uh, band loop will be performing uh, prior to that inside the uh, the vestibules. And then we have a guest singer, Zia Victoria, who'll be opening up with a, a new work of hers. She's a pop singer. Oh, wow. That's uh, That will be an exciting week and a fun-filled week uh, on campus. And, and what a nice way to... Uh, to culminate the 25th anniversary of the of the Zona Art Center. That's uh, a lot to look forward to. Yes. Um, uh, I want to circle back. Very early on, I made a, um, I asserted that uh, once, once an opera singer, always an opera singer. And given all the stuff you have going on in your life, from husband to father to uh, arts director, do you still find time to sing? Do you still, do you still um, see music as a personal outlet for you? Whenever I can, um, I do, but I it's, it's, I am very busy now. And as I said earlier, um, I do not say no. <laughs> so when I'm when I'm asked, I do say yes. And I did recently sing in an opera with Paul Salerni earlier this year in September. His opera, the the life and love of Joe Coogan. So he asked me. I said yes. I said of course. I'm not going to say no to a colleague. Um, and so whenever I do have the opportunity, I, I will sing. I used to sing a lot more at home as an as a outlet, as a release. Um, now my kids play piano, they play drums, they do some singing, and they do that at the house itself. Um, I mostly you know, go out and I run as my meditation for myself right now. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, um, it's been uh, quite an honor to have Mark Wilson, the executive director of the Zoner Art Center, here with us today. 
as as you heard, Mark is certainly in tune with the first 25 years of the Zollner Art Center, and I also know that he has a vision uh, that he's articulated and is thinking about thinking about charting uh, the right course for the next 25 years for the Zollner Art Center. Mark, um, thank you so much for being with us today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. We had we do have one uh, one final question that we do ask all of our guests on the Go-Getters podcast. It's not original question, and it is existential in nature. Um, if you were to sing it in your opera voice, you would be the first one to do that. But everyone has answered this question. Uh, no pressure or no expectation, but I wanted to throw that in there. Um, uh, Mark Wilson, is there anything that you know for certain? <laughs> I actually thought about this one before, like, you know, years ago. I am certain that I'm not certain. Fair enough. That is um, that is a um, fair answer, and one that, that in in different words, some folks have uh, have expressed before. It's and, and and for and for you, Joe. I am certain that I am not certain because I am me. Wonderful. We will end right there. Mark, thank you so much. This has been Go-Getters, a podcast from Lehigh University hosted by Joe Buck, Vice President for Development and Alumni Relations. I'm Chloe Noble, a senior at Lehigh University majoring in journalism and communications and currently interning for the Office of Development and Alumni Relations. Special thanks to producer Janet Norwood, media production specialist Jarrett Brown, and the Lehigh University Office of Development and Alumni Relations. Go inside the episode at lehigh.edu slash go-getters to learn more about Mark Wilson and the 25th season of the Zollner Art Center. Don't forget to subscribe to Go-Getters on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast app of choice. And take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so that other listeners can find us.